0: Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 33 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We're reading Acts chapter 9 today, and our focus is on the name change that never happened in the Bible, plus the Son of Encouragement. Now, we're a daily 10-minute podcast where we will dig into the truth of God's Word by reading one Bible chapter a day and discussing it. I want to welcome new listeners in Tula, Russia. Murmansk, Russia, Stuttgart, Germany, New York, New York, and Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Thank you all for listening and tuning in. Our goal is to encourage daily Bible reading and listening. And I would encourage you to share this podcast with your friends, with your family, with your enemies, and with your acquaintances, whether in person or on social media or however. Help spread the word. Check out our website, Bible2021.com, for show notes, a contact page where you can send questions and comments and memes and that sort of thing at Bible2021.com. So today we're going to read Acts nine all about the conversion of Saul slash Paul. Now, many people in the church have been raised to believe that Saul changed his name to Paul, or actually God changed his name to Paul, after he met Jesus on the Damascus Road and was saved. However, the Bible does not demonstrate this at all. In fact, well after his conversion, God himself, the Holy Spirit, called him Saul when he and Barnabas were commissioned in gospel ministry. We read that Uh, four chapters after the conversion of Paul, Saul, in Acts 13, 2, where it says, As they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So Saul is his Hebrew name, and Paul was his Greek name, derived from the Latin Paulus, two names for the same person, sort of like Joseph Barnabas, who we're also going to talk about today, and Simeon Niger in the Bible, and Aaron Rodgers, and a Aaron Rodgers in football. Two names, same person. See also, Acts 13, 9, where it says, But Saul, who was also called Paul, was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, this isn't a big deal on the surface, but honestly, we should strive for accuracy and truth in the Word of God, and not just look for, like, things that make a snappy narrative or whatever, sort of like, Saul, the evil persecutor, became Paul, the beloved apostle. Now, the Bible is interesting and deep enough on its own. We don't need to make things up, nor do we need to add spice to what is already a perfect meal. Now, I've always found verse 13 to be fairly humorous. God comes to the prophet Ananias after Saul meets Jesus on the Damascus Road and tells him to go pray for Saul slash Paul. And Ananias proceeds to inform God of exactly who this person is in Why it may not be a good idea, after all, to go pray for him. We read that in verse 13. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard from many people about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem, and he has authority here from the chief priests who arrest all who call on your name. Now, it's funny. It's funny because... Ananias is telling God, you know, stuff God already knows because he already knows everything. Well, I'm quite sure I've done dumber things than Ananias did here. Well, let's, let's read the passage and I know it's mainly focused on the conversion of Saul slash Paul, but I'd like for us today, since it's only a 10-minute podcast, to focus a little bit on this wonderful Barnabas guy, the man of encouragement, because you can be sure over the next few days we're going to talk plenty about Paul. Acts chapter 9, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. Now Saul was breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. He went to the high priest and requested letters from him, to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any men or women who belonged to the way, he might bring them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he traveled and was nearing Damascus, a light from heaven suddenly flashed around him. Falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul said, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting, he replied, but get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the sound, but seeing no one. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing, so they took him by the hand and led him into Damascus. He was unable to see for three days and did not eat or drink. There was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias, and the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, here I am, Lord, he replied. Get up and go to the street called Straight, the Lord said to him, to the house of Judas, and ask for a man named Saul from Tarsus, since he is praying there. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and placing his hands on him so that he may regain his sight. Uh, Lord, Ananias answered, I've heard from many people about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem, and he has authority here from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for this man is my chosen instrument to take my name to Gentiles, kings, and Israelites. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Ananias went and entered the house. He placed his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road you were traveling has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. At once, something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul was with the disciples in Damascus for some time. Immediately, he began proclaiming Jesus in the synagogues. He is the Son of God. All who heard him were astounded and said, Isn't this the man in Jerusalem who was causing havoc for those who called on this name and came here for the purpose of taking them as prisoners to the chief priests? But Saul grew stronger and kept confounding the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. After many days had passed, the Jews conspired to kill him, but Saul learned of their plot. So they were watching the gates day and night, intending to kill him, but his disciples took him by night and lowered him in a large basket through an opening in the wall. When he arrived in Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, since they did not believe he was a disciple. Barnabas, however, took him and brought him to the apostles and explained to them how Saul had seen the Lord on the road and that the Lord had talked to him, and how in Damascus he had spoken boldly in the name of Jesus." Saul was coming and going with them in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. He conversed and debated with the Hellenistic Jews, but they tried to kill him. When the brothers found out, they took him down to Caesarea and set him off to Tarsus. So the church throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and was strengthened. Living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. As Peter was traveling from place to place, he also came to the saints who lived in Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas who was paralyzed and had been bedridden for eight years. Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and make your bed. And immediately he got up. So all who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. In Joppa... There was a disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas. She was always doing good works and acts of charity. About that time, she became sick and died. After washing her, they placed her in a room upstairs. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples heard that Peter was there and sent two men to him who urged him, don't delay in coming with us. Peter got up and went with them. When he arrived, they led him to the room upstairs, and all of the widows approached him, weeping and showing him the robes and clothes that Dorcas had made while she was with them. Peter sent them all out of the room. He knelt down, prayed, and turning toward the body, said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, saw Peter, and sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her stand up. He called the saints and widows and presented her alive. This became known throughout Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. Peter stayed for some time in Joppa with Simon, a leather tanner. And there, my friends, you have one more example of a person with two different names, and Tabitha and Dorcas, a name that my children shamefully laughed at tonight when we were reading in Bible time. Well, it wasn't too shamefully, but I do feel kind of bad for Dorcas with that name. So one other thing I would like to point out in our passage today that's pretty interesting. There are two Ananias's Ananias, I don't know what the plural of Ananias is. Anyway, there's two of them in the Bible. We meet the first in Acts 5, where he lies to Peter about the price of a field he sold. Apparently, lots of people were selling their possessions and lands and then bringing the money to the church to give to the poor. Barnabas, the same Barnabas in the passage today, does this and lays the money at the feet of the apostles. So does Ananias, but he holds back some of the money. Which, of course, is no problem. Except he lied about it publicly, out loud, which leads to his death. Luke, the writer of the book of Acts, does not contrast for us the good behavior of Barnabas with the bad behavior of Ananias, but, you know, reading through the passage, we see it pretty clearly. Oddly enough, and this is really kind of mind-blowing, we have the same Barnabas and an entirely different Ananias in Acts 9. This Ananias is initially quite reluctant when it comes to Paul, considering him sus, as the kids would say now, but God lightly rebukes him, and then Ananias goes... Barnabas, however, is again contrasted with a totally different Ananias. When all of the disciples in Jerusalem are convinced that Saul, Paul, is sus, you know, for obvi reasons, and I do apologize, that's pretty much the extent of my Generation Z lingo, it's Barnabas who champions Saul, Paul, and brings him to the church fold. In a sense, that literally changes the history of the world. I tend to think this kind of action of Barnabas is what, is in view of a passage like 1 Corinthians 13, 7, where Paul is talking about love, and he says love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Interestingly, John Piper preached a sermon in 1991 called Be Like Barnabas and Not Like Ananias, and it was completely based on Acts 5 and the Ananias that died you could pretty much preach the same sermon on Acts 9 2 with a totally different Ananias. Speaking of Piper, let's close out with a quick Piper quote on Barnabas, remembering that John Piper is such a big fan of the biblical Barnabas that he named one of his sons Barnabas. Piper writes, according to Acts 4.36, Barnabas' real name was Joseph, and the apostles called him Barnabas because it means son of encouragement. It's obvious that Luke wants us to see Barnabas's goodness and his remarkable gift for encouraging others, especially underdogs or outsiders. So the church in Jerusalem chooses Barnabas to go to Antioch to encourage and establish the new Gentile church. Well, last thing, our memory verse for the month of February comes from this passage, Acts 931 So the church throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It increased in numbers. Amen. Good day, friends, and Godspeed.